G'day, I'm Scott Sanders from Reach Australia. On today's podcast, we've got a great conversation thinking uh, theologically about the current state of church. What is it? What is this thing that we call church when we're not able to gather together? Really looking forward to hearing from Lionel Windsor, more college New Testament lecturer, Mikey Lynch, the campus uh, leader at UTAS in Tasmania, and Andrew Hurd, the senior pastor from EV Church on the Central Coast. Church also includes some concept of authority or a, a bounded community sitting under the authority of, for example, excommunication. You can be expelled from this group or shepherding. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders, and you've tuned in to the Reach Australia podcast, a podcast that's all about healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. Well, as we, as we start this conversation about the theology of church and the current context we're in, um, I'm keen to hear uh, what actually are the risks? What are the, what are the potential harms that we can do if we get this theology wrong uh, so that it's not just a sort of drift around academically reflecting on different kind of thoughts. So can we, can we wrestle with that kind of stuff first? Uh, in fact, let's throw to Lionel, uh, then Mikey. I can throw out some thoughts, but let's do that. What, what are the risks you see, Lionel? Mm. Uh, the risk, as we're thinking about uh, these issues of, of church in this time, um, I, I kind of summarise them by saying that we could be making, we can actually be making too much of church and we can be making too little of church. So on the one hand, making too much of church, what we can actually be doing is we can be concentrating so much on what are we going to do with this church, especially when it comes to live streaming and, and recording and that kind of thing, that we actually forget, well, what are the realities and the theological realities and the truths that actually come before church, um, at Christ, spirit, word, all those things. Uh, and we can be so focused on church that it just makes us into people who are just being, I guess, uh, pragmatic about it, but also people who are, um, so focused on, you know, well, we have to do church, we have to do church, uh, that if we can't do it, then it's the end of the world. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, I think we can make too little of church. And so there are all sorts of uh, problems that we can um, have if we're sort of you know, gathering uh, in homes or if it's just uh, us as individuals uh, or if um, we're doing a live stream, then we can say, oh, well, I've done church because I've listened to a live stream or... I've done church because I happen to have gathered together with a small number of people. or And, and that's good and that's enough. And we could come out of this going, um, actually having a much less rich and deep experience uh, and understanding of what church is all about. So they're, they're two risks I can see. Okay. So, so that we've got to dig into the theology of church to kind of make sense of, to, to chart the course between those two, make too much, make too little. Yeah. Mm. Mikey, what do you see as that? Um, I mean, uh, it's... On, on one level, we may, um, we may not have too many, like it may be such an unusual time and we experience such an unusual time that we come out the other end to go back to, <laughs> back to a lot of normal. Um, so we don't want to overly panic either, overthink it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Lionel that there's risks that what we adopt in this season might either make us think in a new way about church or maybe betray what we were thinking all along, which was inadequate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I agree the big, like the, the big or the small is, is a risk, right? That either that the big live stream is enough, just plugging into a live stream, why can't I keep doing that? That was so convenient. That was so nice. That was, what's wrong with that? And, and pastoral leaders even might say, oh, my stats look better. I can have not only the people in the building, but also all these other stats of people 
live streaming. Gosh, the, the, the charts are going great. Um, so I, th- I think that's one. In the other end is in the home going, hey, well, we're here. We're God's people gathered around um, God's word. This is just as much church, isn't it? I like this. Um, and so a kind of um, an overly casual, almost kind of church planting, but a, it's not really like it's sort of a lazy convenience, almost, almost like um, secession, really. Like it's kind of going, ah, oh, you know, I'll call this church really just because it suits me, not because I'm actually seeking to plant and to build and, and to establish God's people. And all. So, so those are risks. Another risk is we have to get good at all this media tech stuff. And so we can maybe slide in our thinking and have the tech shape the way we think about ourselves and church. And so it's all about backdrops and sound quality, and which is a risk with big church events too. Mm. Um, but it, can, it could inflame that, you know, yeah. add an extra level of that kind of performative dimension. Can I just add an extra note to that? The, the, the danger is uh, not only in our thinking, but actually just in our neglect of, of other key things because yeah. there's just so much time we've got to spend just getting the live streaming right that we forget to call up or, or you know, have personal chats with people um, or, or, or we, we don't have time to do any of those really key things. In some contexts, some churches, the, the activity of putting a service on and streaming it's a, is taking up a massive amount of resource for, yeah. for the leadership and to make it work. I, I'd offer some of the risks here are... Um, just funny things, the way we think about maturing believers, uh, what, is, what are the things that produce the mature Christian and the streaming activity um, and many of the processes we're bringing into play at the present can diminish the richness of what happens in the maturing activity, which we need to be more conscious of and pay attention to. I think there's great risks around um, if, we, if we do think about church as both of you have suggested in terms of um, think too little, think too much, uh, house uh, or the TV, that we can actually um, create a consumerism uh, that is deeply problematic or, or reinforce a consumerism that's already there and present in our... And part of that could be with the, um, the decision about whether and what position ongoing live streaming might have, yeah. even when, God willing, we can return to larger gatherings, that... You may say, let's, can't, let's cut the cord. You may say, let's have it, but have it in a very muted, it's on a tab within a tab within a tab for the shut-ins, the chronically ill, the, maybe those who are travel for their work on you know, military duty or whatever. Um, uh, that's very different to the front page going, join us, 9am, 6pm, or online, you know, as the main yeah. banner. Yeah. And the thought that people might actually move to a new region and actually church hop from their living room for a string of weeks. Yeah. I, I, and, and so then churches are having to dole themselves up to try and attract physical attendance through providing a, all of that. I, I, oh, just. <laughs> but there's, a te- there's a tension yeah. in this though, because there's a desire to actually reach, to, reach out to more people. You know? so, yeah. so in all these questions, we are wrestling with, well, now we do have a great opportunity to reach out to more people. So that, but, but again, being attentive to the risks is, uh, is really important. What are some other things, Herdy? Just, just quickly, because we, we, we want to get into the, the substance of what is the church theology and, and so on. But I, look, I think there's a real danger that we can reinforce for people a cultural tendency towards thinking about what a human is. Um, we, we've almost culturally thought of humans as disembodied minds and the whole online experience can reinforce that anthropology. Um, but further to that, I think there's a, a reinforcing of individualism where we've tended to, as a culture, of course, run down that path and 
uh, one of the things about online, this thing we're doing online is it cuts something of the nerve between my experience as a Christian follower of Christ in the accountability structures and disciplines of a corporate body. Mm. Um, so there's, again, some risks that flow for us. But, but let me press on. A lot of this begs the question, um, is it wrong to call what's happening in the household church? Um, uh, what is church? Uh, but I think we're probably most productively pursuing Lionel's initial thought about what's behind all of that, because that does define very strongly what church is when you get back and think about the gospel and the nature of God and his relationship. So can we kick off with Lionel there? Yeah, I think that's right. It's something that we need to keep remembering. Theologically, we, we need to remember that what, what is true and real theologically prior to church to get it into its right place um, and see what is valuable and what we actually have, actually, even, even in this situation and what we don't have. Uh, and I'm, I, I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Ephesians, but Ephesians is an interesting place to go here because Paul talks a lot about church in Ephesians and Paul's writing this from prison. He's been in prison for quite a few years. He's been in isolation in a sense. He's probably had other people with him, but um, he's kind of been away from, from a big gathering at church, a full church of experience for quite some time. So that's a kind of an interesting background to that. Uh, but he says a number of key things about church that are re very relevant to us. The first most important thing uh, well, a key, yeah, really important thing that he says, the first time he mentions church, he's talking about Christ, the ascended Christ, the victorious Christ, the one who's enthroned, the one who's in heaven, uh, and the one who uh, is victorious over the powers. And then Paul says that the church is his body, um, the fullness, uh, the, the fulfilment, uh, however you want to say that. So Christ's victory is important for us to remember in all of this. Uh, secondly, the spirit and the word, the, the foundation of the church in Ephesians chapter 2 is the apostolic preaching of the gospel. Uh, and that is and can continue to, to happen and will be continuing to happen. And that's part of Paul's point. That is still happening, even though he's in prison and they're, they're not um, able to, to meet together. The apostolic preaching of the gospel is foundational. Uh, we have a unity uh, which is true, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Uh, that is prior to church. And Christ, by his spirit, is equipping uh, the preaching of the gospel and the purpose of that is to build the body, to, to, to build the church. Uh, they're all things that are important to know. And the other thing is that we are not yet fulfilled, uh, that, that all things are coming to be summed up in Christ and we're not there yet. And before we all went into isolation, we weren't there yet and we're still not there yet. And so that sense that we're waiting for something better and we're not just waiting so that we can all, you know, in a few months' time or whatever it is, gather together and physically. We're actually waiting for that heavenly reality uh, for the future uh, where we will uh, be gathered around Christ uh, in, in heaven. Uh, so, uh, and right now we're under, you know, we're living under judgment and we're living in this, this, this time which is really obvious to us that we are living under sin, we're living under judgment, uh, we are living in a world where there is sickness and that is causing us real problems and that is causing us problems for church as well. And we need to remember that and not paste over it and say, oh, it's all okay because we can, you know, we can, we can kind of gather online and that's good enough. You know, actually, we need to remember it's, it's not good. Uh, so there, there's some key realities that we need to remember before our church. Hey, Lionel, am I right in thinking that when you said one Lord, one faith, one baptism um, is prior to church, there you meant church as in the local, the, earth, the church on earth, 
Because yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, yeah. Because I would say, like that, that, in a sense, that he's speaking there about actually. I, I would say central to our encounter with salvation is being incorporated into church universal or church heavenly. Yeah, yeah. And so, in well, a sense, we're almost got some of what you could say could be behind our experience of earthly manifestations of church is this heavenly experience of church, which is part and parcel of the gospel encounter itself when we get incorporated into the body, him who's, you know, all that stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, I, I've got to clarify. When I say prior, I'm actually not saying like prior in terms of time or anything. I just mean more... Yeah, logically you know, or... Yeah. More basic theologically. Yeah. yeah. And can I tease out some of the implications of all of that, which, which might therefore mean the way we stream reflects these truths. Um, so so you're, you're offering the fact that we are streaming ought not be perceived as a new normal that's okay. Um, the fact that we are streaming is a substandard, uh, is, is less than it ought to be, um, and, and we ought not be satisfied and content and use language that suggests as much. But I dare say you're also offering comments there about the nature of the gospel um, the nature of the way Jesus comes to us and builds his church that ought to be reflected in what we're seeking to do in this um, substandard church experience, which is we, we don't move to talk show host experience. There's still a proclamation of the gospel that's being delivered to people. Is that, is that one of the particular things, Lionel? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and, and actually, just to, to go back, actually, the fact that we're reaching lots and lots of people, um, even though you know, it, there's problems. That's actually really good. It's fantastic that we're reaching lots of people with the gospel. We might not be including them, in, you know, whether or not we're including them in church is, is another thing and a really important question. But the fact that we're reaching with the gospel through this live streaming is great. Um, actually, we'd want to say, wouldn't we, that um, like we've talked a lot about risks, but actually there are really healthy things about this experience. Yeah. Like what you've said, the abnormality about not being able to go attend church every week is actually part of God's people's experience right back to Paul in prison. Mm. Every time a missionary goes out into a pioneering situation, in a sense, you know, they're almost churchless if they're alone or they're in a church of two. But, but uh, there's all sorts of reasons, sickness and, and so on, that have always meant from time to time God's people have that sojourning dimension, you know, of, of, of waiting for the heavenly reality. And so actually this season is a reminder for us of the pretty stable, healthy, unpersecuted Western church, hang on, it's normal for God's people to do without lots of good things, including church. Um, yeah. And as you said, another thing is that desire to go, actually, God is building a, doing a saving work that breaks the bounds of our structures and, our, and whatever, and we should rejoice in whenever we see that happen. We shouldn't immediately go, well, it's, it's not church or it's not Presbyterian sanctified or diocesan sanctified, but we should go, wow, it's, it's Christ leading his mission and... and um, yeah, so, so there are actually some great opportunities and reminders. Um, maybe even the home, Andrew, breaks our individualism by the fact that it's husbands with their wives and their kids as the unit of church rather than man in men's group on Tuesday morning and woman in women's group on Thursday afternoon and kids in kids' church. Like actually by reminding us that, uh, that even our, our households, you know, we, we church as households, not as individual um, program participants so there are good things as well as great opportunity for a father to model for their family uh taking responsibility for getting the family around the tv and and doing all the the dad mumble worship singing (laughs) (laughs) awkward awkward singing can we press back into the risk though what the risk of consumerism 
uh, where where people can church shop and they are looking over and going, well, actually, my church over here's actually got a a better live stream and and a better better production, and this is the opportunity for them to jump ship. Yeah, maybe going back to Andrew's question, uh, to, to in, which is relevant to that, that, that is, it, it actually does shape what we're even trying to do with this, this live stream. So, you know, we are trying to proclaim the gospel, and in proclaiming the gospel, we're expecting faith and repentance. Uh, and as we expect faith and repentance, well, how do you do that? You know, how do you do that? When you're, when you're together, you can proclaim the gospel, expect faith and repentance, and say even a little thing, that matters like you know if you really want to come to the lord jesus christ today or if you really need to make a change in your life come and chat to me afterwards or we've got people that we can you can chat to michael give us your thoughts here my, my sense though too is that there will be discussion in the future perhaps even now about the medium so the medium itself uh isn't as it's not as easy to do the proclamation ministry through uh, standing alone in a building or sitting at your mm. desk through mm. the medium of TV into a lounge room. Mm. Um, and so some might well suggest that on the basis of best communication practices, we ought to adopt, um, you know, shorter, um, discussion-y, um, back and forward, uh, like this kind of thing mm. as a church experience. And from what you're suggesting, I might, for me, instinctively, I want to say um, there must still be a setting with whatever we can do in the medium and its context where we proclaim, yeah. uh, where yeah. we declare the gospel message and the word of God to our people. Yes. Um, comments, thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, and, and again, you know, go back to Ephesians, that's uh, Paul's uh, point, I think, in Ephesians 2 and, and um, in 4 as well, that, that apostolic proclamation of the gospel, uh, that, that, that gospel proclamation is foundational to church and what church is. And we need to be doing that despite all the pressures. Uh, and I don't think it's unique to this you know, time. No, that's right. This is just another, another occasion where the same challenge to us is being put. That's right, yeah. I suppose I'd, I'd question whether medium is quite the right or, or, or medium is not alone the question in a sense that I wouldn't say we have to long form authoritatively, monologically deliver in a standing posture or something um, because I, I'm just thinking how do we apply this to the small end of a house church in a pioneering mission situation um, where the, the, the group is very small or it's just the mission team itself that have kind of formed as a church while they're waiting to see their first converts in a new mission field. Um, it, it must, must a house church of two or three families have someone standing up talking for half an hour um, in order to deliver an authoritative teaching message? And I think that, that, that would be what I'd be asking about is how do we not merely chat and not merely discuss but yeah. find a place for authoritative teaching. It could be, and, and this is not my kind of tradition, but it could be actually by adopting a more formal prayer book type structure. Here's one way you could do it is to go, let's actually be walked through a prepared service form that has authoritative teaching deposits throughout it. Um, yes. But may I only have a very short devotional homily. You know, that could yeah. be a way that you do it. But, but, but helpful though, but one of the things that we need as pastors leaders to be guarding is the principle that the gospel brings forth the church and the gospel isn't a discussion, it isn't a um, chat, uh, it is a declaration of God calling for repentance and faith. And so in some fashion we need to express yeah. that in our 
form and the way we do things. Um, can I uh, can I can I step us a little bit further down though? What what about um, what about though the person who wants to say um, this house group, this household is church, uh, and it's sufficient for us, uh, and so ongoingly the streaming activity will find another way to find that into our home. Thoughts, reflections? On the one hand, I'd want to say, like, there's a real truth in that. <laughs> I'd want to go, you don't need a building. <laughs> you don't need, there's lots of things you don't need to have a genuinely, a genuine manifestation of, of, of a church. And so, um, uh, you know, I'd want to go, like, there's an instinct in that because the spirit dwells in all God's people and, um, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that Christ is with us, you know, uh, in, in his name and so on. But I'd want to say, if it's right, but as I think you said towards the beginning, Andrew, there's a dimension to which um, church also includes some concept of authority or a, a, a bounded community sitting under the authority of, for example, excommunication. You can be expelled from this group or shepherding. And I, I know Lionel and Chase discussed this in their video where the, the elder doesn't stop being the elder of that churched people when they stop churching. They continue to oversee that people, you know, um, and, and so that would be the the question I'd raise with them is is that actually yeah on one level you've got all the potentiality to be church, but if you just decide that in a sense arbitrarily, in isolation from some degree of due order and and proper uh, appointed leadership, there's there's something there's something a bit sick. It's a bit little bit like the the couple who says ah oh, we're married in the sight of God. Yeah, and it's like yeah well yeah but. The fact that you haven't gone through the structures that we set up, inviting in family and society and the church into that process, makes the whole thing quite suspect. Is that, is that a helpful way to go, do you think, Lionel? Yeah, I think that the problem uh, is that there, is, there, there, there can well be a minimalist kind of approach to the question. So if you're asking the question, is this church, why are you asking the question? Um, because you are, are you asking the question in order to say, well, what is the minimum I can possibly do yeah. for this to be church, uh, and then I've done it and I've fulfilled my responsibilities uh, because I know that for some reason I need to have church and now I've got it. And isn't that, isn't that great that I've, I've fulfilled my responsibilities and, and now I can get on with the rest of my life? That, that kind of, you know, I know I put it quite starkly, but that kind of thinking can be behind the question, is this church? You know, is it, is, it's a minimalist approach. Um, and we, what we want to say is, well, what is foundational to church? What's central to church? But what else really matters with church if you can possibly have it? And if you can't, it's unfortunate and you really want it back. So what's, what church is, is, is the gathering of God's people around his word uh, to, to hear uh, him and to respond to him in faith and obedience and repentance. And that's, 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 that's church. Uh, and you can say, well, we can do that at home, you know, and, and you say, yeah, but but what is that response of faith and obedience and repentance actually going to look like? And in Ephesians, it's, it's spelled out in terms of speaking the truth in love. Uh, so how can you love? Well, love involves actually discipline and working with one another and relationship and the hard things. Uh, and um, uh, then you also need to think about the discipline where you need to think about shepherding and eldership and you need to be thinking about all those things. And you might want to say, well, in this circumstance, in this situation, it, we, don't, we can't have all of those things. And you might say, well, yeah, it is still church, but, but you know, we really want those other things to come in because that's all part of the, the importance of the rich experience. 
Um, and uh, so that depends on how you're asking the question. And that's, that's part of the... That's, that's helpful. But, but do you think, though, that the, um, you know, a church of 150 streaming, uh, sitting in their houses, streaming in together to a podcast, to a delivery of a service, is that churching? So, with, you know, think, I mean, the household, is that a church? I think you're both offering that um, at one level, yes, but at another level, it's a minimalistic why settle for so little. I mean, I'd raise the question of Romans 16 and um, the, you get the language of church, but also the household of, mm. which seems to distinguish between the experience of the church as a church and someone's household. So, you know, Aristotle and so on. Although it could be that there are churches meaning in reasonably big households. They're big, big buildings. Well, well, talk us through that. that? Oh, maybe it's a side point, but that that, that is in in Romans 16. Um, You've you've got, um, you know, the church that meets in her house, um, but uh, there's churches meeting in houses or that there's there's churches and, and houses, but the households there are probably, you know, we think of a household as a nuclear family. Um, and a group of people living in a, an apartment or in a house that, you know, has four or five, a small number of people, but a household in the ancient world was bigger than that. And you see that in the pastoral epistles, where a household um, is thought of in terms of a larger unit. It's actually sort of an economic unit, and it can, can have all sorts of hangers-on and, you know, in the ancient world, slaves and, and all sorts of things. Um, and so we just need to be careful about seeing the word household in the New Testament and applying it directly to our current experience of the, the small nuclear family in a small small group. Isn't it even a bit more ambiguous too in the sense that is the expression something along the lines of those who are of the household of? Yeah. Which could be as simple as the household of mm. or it could be ecclesiological code for, for like this new reality that, that Paul is aware is now happening is there's the household of Aristobulus, the economic unit, but when written in a church context, there's those who are of the household of this Christian householder could, could be, could function in Romans 16 as, uh, as a parallel I to guess the house. The reason I raise it is that Paul in Romans 16 is able to use a language of church related to a house um, and doesn't use that same language for every other grouping of people around someone. Yes. And neither does he call Roman the church at Rome. He doesn't introduce it as the church of Rome. Yeah, we call it the church, the, the, the church of, uh, of the Rome. It's all in Rome, isn't it? Yeah. They're probably yeah. not Romans. They're probably mostly Jews and Greeks. And yeah. uh, they're probably not a church. But, but what you've got there is a reinforcement of the concept that um, uh, church is more than just people living in a household. Uh, church is not just all Christians in a city. Um, Churches certainly in the in the New Testament mind is something that gathered physically tangibly um, or associated with that physical tangible gathering, which which I think presses into the question of whether the fact that we're streaming in a non-physical way, whether we're sitting in our houses, our own. It's funny. It's a question we just haven't never had to ask before. Isn't well, it like we, that's, have, we have uh, America's been streaming services uh, for yeah. I guess in, it, I mean in the um yeah it, it, never as in within the last few decades. Um, like there's an interesting thing in preaching and preachers by Lloyd Jones where he insists, uh, you know, everything's an abomination for Lloyd Jones. Anything he doesn't like, you know, preaching without um 
you know, without being elevated in a pulpit is an abomination and whatever. But he calls cassette tapes, cassette recordings of preaching in his day, an abomination. It's not preaching. It has to be live. So, so that was, I guess, maybe the first instance of it was um, audio recordings. Yeah. You know, should you have a tape ministry? Um, but uh, it's such a new question. But I think we would all agree that physicality is part of humanity, like you've already said, and is part of what is implicit in our New Testament doctrines of church, even if we've never bothered to say it before, because we've never had to say it before. That's right. We want to say that, that, that fundamental is not just gathering in a conceptual sense, although that's, that, that is the reality, the already not yet reality of the universal church. It, as Lionel said, even that is, is anticipating being clothed. You know, like even that one, we want to go, the universal church is waiting for our bodies to catch up with it. So that's even in that case. Thought. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, in, in New Testament, you know, we, in one sense, we haven't been talking about it, but whenever we, whenever we use the, the word body, um, now, I, I think we're used to thinking about body as a pretty pure metaphor. That is, well, why is the church a body? Because you know, Paul talks about it being the body in 1 Corinthians, and Ephesians and Colossians. Um, and what he draws out from that is, well, it's, you know, it, it's united, uh, but there's got a single goal and a single purpose, but there are many members and, and uh, different gifts. So that's, that's the main reason that he's using body, especially in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. But I think as he starts to use the word body, especially as he gets into Ephesians uh, and also Colossians, there is a real sense of, of actual physicality as well. You know, the, the word body doesn't just mean, it's just not just a useful metaphor for unity and diversity. Um, and you can take or leave the physicality of it. The actual physicality of the body is, is all part of it. Uh, and that's in 1 Corinthians as well. Um, Especially because Christ established it in his body. Mm, yes. In his body, he abolished the law and so on and so forth. Yeah. Mm. Yes, that's right. That's Christ's incarnation and his reality and his risen body is, is matters. Yeah. We're just going to take a quick break to hear about something new that Reach Australia is doing. Hey, I'm Mike, one of the church consultants for Reach Australia. To help your church during this time, we've started offering free 30-minute online church consultations. We can help particularly think through a 90-day plan, making disciples, improving online gatherings, and even your care support plans. To book yours, go to reachaustralia.com.au. So, so let, me, let me offer a thought and see uh, what you both think. The... Um, I'm very reluctant to call the streaming experience church um, because it's uh, because, uh, you know, the, the expectation of the ecclesia was the experience of physically gathering. The nature of humankind is an embodied one, which is uh, um, uh, honoured by God's taking on himself a, a body and the, the language of body and so on as a metaphor implies this engagement together in a tangible way none of which you can do in separate diverse households around the place, even though we're seeing each other, which suggests to me that um, we're not churchy. Uh, we're doing something close to it. We're doing many of the features of church. But uh, as, a, as a group of believers who once gathered physically, we're now no longer churching. Give us your thoughts, reactions. Yeah, it's, I mean, the answer's got to be, for me, it's got to be continually yes and, yes and no. <laughs> but, and I know that that sounds, well, yeah, what is the answer? But actually, there's a yes and there's no to that. But that is, um, it's not church 
because it doesn't have that that full physical experience and therefore there are certain things that we can't do uh, uh, and there's there's a, yeah there's things we can't do and there's also a whole lot of, of other things that we can't do very well but we can sort of do because we've got the technology to do it mm. uh, so as a body I, and I, I, I'm you know one example might be is an artificial limb a limb well yes and no it can kind of approximate a limb but it's not actually a limb but it can help you to walk you know so so yeah. there's a yeah yeah and again it comes back to the question of why are we asking the question yeah because we might we might want to say um here we are uh we really wish we were all together um as church and this is not church but but it's got the things that are foundational to church it's got the proclamation of the gospel we can try to approximate as much as possible some of those things and so we are going to call this church always knowing that it's actually not good enough uh, and that we want more but at the same time when we're actually gathered together in church in phys physically well that's not perfect church either because there's a whole lot of things that in, you know, it doesn't matter what church you're in and what church you're from um, we, I, I, I can guarantee that it's not perfect and it's not actually fulfilling all of the things that we want church to fulfill. So in that sense, actually, none of our churches are really fully church. In, and you could say one, one expression of that is all the time because of just the, the, the heritage of history and human fallenness and finitude is every time we gather in a church that's an FIAC or an Anglican or a Presbyterian, we're experiencing a, a, a brokenness of disunity that, you know, the ecumenical movement tried to fix and made a mess of doing in its kind of trying to make heaven come now. But in a sense that every time I meet in an Anglican church, I'm experiencing what you're saying, which is we're not in the end times, one holy Catholic apostolic church in all its glory and, and oneness where, and, and every time we meet in a church that had a schism from another church for maybe bad reasons or a church planted out of it because of a falling out between the elders, that's just the reality of this fallen world. But even that's a reminder. Oh, come Lord Jesus, where all God's people can have all that. Um, uh, uh, we need to say that that is, so, so it's just that it's partly an attitude thing. You know, yes, we can accept this because we have to, but it's not good enough. I, I'd say that extra thing I'd add as well, Andrew, would be in a sense, it's, it comes, it's related to Lionel's reaction really, is that it's not fully church, but who are the people who are live streaming it's not just a, an arbitrary bunch of people. It is the people who used to church and who want to church and plan to church again. So it, it, in a sense, it's the gathering of the people who church at EV church, <laughs> you know, at the moment meeting online. So, you know, so that, that's where there's that slipperiness in the word church in the New Testament, where it is the elders of the church and not just the elders of the gathering, but of the people who gather all week long. And so in a way, I want to say it's the live streaming gathering or broadcasting or live streaming yeah. event of the church who can't wait to church again or something. So, yeah. so there still is that, that continuity with gathering in the past and, and intended gathering in the future. Let, let, me, let me nudge it a bit further and offer where I think this has some um, application now and in the future in that, yes, not every church, every church that meets is not perfect, uh, of course, but to not meet is to fail to do one of the essential features of what church is. So it's, you know, it's not just the singing's not very good or the prayers aren't very good. It's actually, I'm not even doing the uh, ecclesia assembly thing of what church is. So there's a, 
particular essential feature of that we're missing at present. Um, but I, why well, I think that matters, there's, there's a number of reasons. One is that it's people are missing a physical engagement together. Everyone's saying this. But the experience of streamed church, particularly in the, in the States with the mega churches, which are 30% of churches there stream, it's extraordinary. Um, the experience is people prefer to stream than actually go live. It's easier to sit in my lounge room and watch church than it is to go and church. And I, I want to guard that as not just a pragmatic, practical power for breaking consumerism, breaking individualism, producing maturity as I rub up against others who I have to fit in with and I can't just do it in my comfort. I, I want to protect that, go to that physical assembly as a pragmatic help. But I do want to say that that pragmatic help grows out of a, a theologically driven intention of God to make us his people and reshape us in the image of Christ together, which we, we can't do in our homes like we are. There's something profoundly missing, not like every church has something missing when they gather, but profoundly missing. Yes, except, yes. I mean, I, 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 that's, that, is, that is the other side of the thing. Every time you live stream and say, welcome to church, or pre-record and say, welcome to church, you've just reinforced that wrong thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yet every time you live stream and pre-record and say, well, here we are, you know, this isn't very good. Um, yes. you know, we're, not, we're not together. You're failing to affirm what is good about what this is. Helpful. It's good. Yeah. Can I read this? Um, I came across this, I don't know if it's still there, but in front of um, Matt Chandler's uh, online sermons, at one point at least, he used to say, this online sermon, there'd be a little thing, you'd have to fast forward past it before you could watch the sermon. He'd say, this online sermon is never meant to be a substitute for God's good plan for you to be in a community of faith where the word of God is preached and proclaimed. I want to encourage you to use this online sermon as a vitamin, not like a meal. So you belong to a community of faith where you're being shaped by being known, by using your gifts, by receiving the word, by, by taking the sacraments, by walking faithfully. I just want you to make sure we frame it this way, what it is and what it should not be. And I thought that was a pretty cool, responsible disclaimer for him. You know, whether he undermines that by continuing to broadcast live, that's a question, you know, with, I guess we're already doing podcasts of sermons anyway, aren't we? You know, but um, I think it, th there's something cool in that where he's saying, look, this is... It's, I guess it's just restating what we've said over and again in this last half hour or so. But, yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I want to, uh, one of the things we want to certainly move back towards is a renewed energy amongst our people that um, the embodied experience of being in a local assembly is of the essence of what it is to be a follower of Christ, to be called into his church. Um, it's a, it's a fruit of the gospel. It, it reflects the nature of the gospel and the God who becomes incarnate and dies and saves us. But it also, it brings great goods to us in that um, the fact that I have to submit myself to a gathering and the leadership of that gathering, these things are part of God's purposes for me to grow Christ-likeness. Um, 
to break consumerism, protect individualism and so on. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Lionel's point, you, you, you want to affirm the good things that can be done at this time. Um, but as we do that, let's not overstep the mark so that we create an unintended consequence in a year's time, six months' time, where people have been so used to the easier option, uh, many of them don't come back. It's, it's related to mission two in a tricky way because I, I hear what Scott said and what Lionel said. We want the word to go out in many and various ways, whether it's online ministries or radio ministries or flyering ministries. Many of those things are more disembodied forms of evangelism, Gideons, Bibles, um, whatever. Um, uh, but again, I, there's the cool thing that Dominic says in his um, Introducing God stuff where he goes, again, how you convert someone is how they'll continue. And so if you can convert someone into a group that meets and gathers and reads the Bible for themselves and discusses it, you've got them off, in a sense, churching through their evangelism experience. And I know your life courses do a similar thing, Andrew. Uh, and, and so there's that tension I feel there where I go, as, as an evangelist, I go, yeah, if I can see someone converted through whatever means, that's exciting. You know, and yet on the other hand, it, um, I both know the power of community as a part of the conversion process, but also the, the follow-up maturity perseverance problem that gets created by a, the kind of orphaned believer converted mm. through a Gideon's Bible alone or an online church alone. You, you could potentially be quite stunted for quite a while in your faith. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and, and the, theologically, that's, yeah, the preaching of the gospel is the foundation of the church. And therefore, it, that's what—that's the purpose of it—is to build the body, which is the church. Yes. So it's great that the gospel's going out, and we need to say, well, yeah, but what, what's what's the purpose of that? And so, it's good that it's going out to all these people. And I want to ask the question: How are we going to get in touch with all these people that the gospel has gone out to? How, how are we going to integrate them into the the yeah. fellowship of? Yeah. And and yeah, we might say, well, we might not be able to do that, and it's still good that it's actually happened, but. At the same time, it's also um, problematic that, that the purpose of the proclamation of the gospel is not something that we're integrating into the way we're doing things. Yeah. And we may well say some of these learnings from online ministries means we spin off evangelistic ministries attached to our church or parachurch ministries attached to our church mm -hmm. rather than continuing the Sunday gathering as also being this live stream public live stream portal we may go let's reserve that for those in exceptional circumstances to, to care for them perhaps long term but if we're saying oh but we reach so many more maybe actually we go well yeah we'll reach them through your thursday night evangelistic thing or through your parachurch um, broadcast thing um, rather than creating this kind of ambiguity around what ordinary healthy church ought to be perhaps that's how we need to think about it is there, is there is also a greater recognition that that our that our Sunday gather gatherings as well, embodied, are actually more more useful or more able to actually reach people as well, and that's, you know, that inability to to nudge up to people to see when people are missing that we are you know feeling and experiencing the moment because we're we're you know tiles on a page, we're actually we're actually again hopefully seeing the importance of when we do get back together. There is that mission opportunity in the gathering. Again, it's not the the prime purpose of, of why we gather, but we, we're we're definitely losing that aspect. Can, can I? This I mean, this taps into something I've been talking about for a long time, which is that, yeah, the um, at present uh, we have lost some key pieces and parts of church life 
that function in intangible ways to further the mission and the maturity of people. And one of the things, one of the risks I see coming is this, where a lot of people are kind of grabbing hold of the opportunity for a, a more, what they might call organic ministry model where uh, there's phone calls are happening more, there's, uh, you know, the meals being dropped over, there's um, people are caring about each other in a, in a kind of heightened way. And some are suggesting that when we start church, when we come back out of this crisis, that we'll be able to be more organic. Um, and, and there is a truth to that, but there are some hidden dangers with it as well, which is scale. Um, I think if we if we throw the system structure, the programs out uh, to be more organic, we'll lose our ability to multiply the ministries, reach more people. Rather, we'll have a deeper, more insular, closed group. And so, I think we've got to watch out for some. Um, uh, I don't want to speak too strongly about it, but perhaps um, simplistic assessments of the strengths of this time that need to be continued on without paying due regard for... Um, now, there's something actually powerfully good about uh, organisation for the sake of organic that needs to be carried forward in the group, larger group setting. Yeah, that, I mean, speaking the truth in love is, is a key... Um, passage in, in Ephesians 4, and, and I, I, often it's just spoken of as, you know, speaking the truth in love just means, you know, saying true things in a nice way or something, but that's not what it is. It's, it's speaking the truth of the gospel together uh, and, and the things that flow from the truth of the gospel and speaking truthfully in the context of loving relationships. Uh, and those loving relationships are described as a body and therefore they are, you know, fundamentally organic. And yet... Paul does not talk about, when Paul says, uses the body metaphor, he doesn't mean organic in the way that sometimes we think of organic as kind of, it just happens, you know, it's just, you know, randomly happening and whatever you feel like doing, sort of your hippies just doing whatever <laughs> organically. But no, his organic metaphor has got to do with all the proper ligaments all working together mm. and it's all quite very, very well sort of structured in that sense. Uh, because all the proper ligaments and there's different gifts and they're all doing their different things. And uh, so I, I think that in, in Ephesians 4, that, that, that speaking the truth in love together, we're all to be doing it, but we're to be doing it uh, in a way that is not uh, just sort of organic in our way of thinking, but organic in the Bible's way of thinking. That is the body. So yeah, this conversation has been really helpful, but time is getting away from. So I guess final, final word from each of you. What are you most looking forward to uh, post, you know, post this crisis and actually getting back together again? Maybe, uh, Mikey, do, can you start us off? Uh, I, I'm a preacher and I love preaching. It's great to preach live and uh, <laughs> this sucks. I really don't enjoy this compared to being able to, you know, be in a room with people. I mean, same with singing, being in a room with people where you experience that thing of all people together uh, hearing the word of God or responding to the word of God and sharing in that, whether as a congregation member, listening to preaching and feeling those, you can hear a penny drop kind of pin drop, sorry, sort of moments um, or singing at that moment when the song just follows straight on from the sermon in this powerful way. Um, yeah. Or preaching and really getting a sense that, you know, like again, back to Ephesians that Christ is actually proclaiming um, his word and his present among us by his spirit through his word. I miss those things. And some of those things still happen by the, 
glory of God's spirit, but uh, it's, it's great experiencing it as well. Lionel? I'm going to be very brief. I'm going to say something that sounds quite small, but it's just indicative of, of how I'm actually feeling. I, 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 I'm, I'm loving, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in a room in an Anglican church where someone says, the Lord be with you. And we can all say together, and also with you, and he hears us, and there's no delay, because we're <laughs> okay. That is a that is a unique one, a- Andrew. Look, can I can I offer yes, yes to all of those? But can I offer a, uh, just to compliment that? Uh, I'm I'm hopeful that we the churches of the of our country can use this time to to start uh, with a, a stronger conviction about the things that are deep and true and matter and uh, rebuild church. You know, I think we have an opportunity to relaunch. Um, a lot of churches have had to shut down many various things. Let's not just start them all back up again as if nothing happened. Uh, I'm looking forward to church Christian leaders around the country getting together and saying, this is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The change has been forced on us. Um, oh, bishops and archbishops have been dying to do this in some areas, and now it's happened by God's grace. Yeah, it, like, you know, it's like I've <laughs> shut everything down. So when now you said that, bishops and archbishops, that sounded bad. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm meaning like those in positions and responsibility over a lot of churches yeah. and a lot of trouble. You know, they go, gosh, would it be great for a lot of these to, to kind of reboot yeah, and actually, God has granted that opportunity to those now, if they will be courageous leaders, to actually lead their 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 church leaders and pastors and parish councils through what you're just describing. That's that's a very precious opportunity. Yeah. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to today, we'd love it if you'd uh, leave a review, share, uh, or subscribe to this podcast in an ongoing way. If you want more information about Reach Australia, head to reachaustralia.com.au.